Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host, Pierce Strong, alongside of Vinny. What's going on, Vinny? Not much. How are you? I'm good. How about you? It's actually been uh, pretty... Oh, sorry. You go. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say, before we get started, um, you made me sad with your When I Was 14 tweet. That, like, I saw that just before we just before we're starting this up, I saw that because I started counting back to when I was 14 and... I was like, okay, 20, 2019, 2018, 2017, turned 14 in 2016, oh, and well, that I was... Uh, going, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> yeah, do we even have to say anything? No. I don't think we do, but... No. Yeah, no. That's so, yeah, it also makes... Sad. Yeah, but it also makes you realize how privileged and yeah. like, spoiled we were, because oh, when totally. I was 14, we won the cup, and then, like, Schmidty, our friend Schmidty, right underneath, it's like when I, I put the the gif of uh, Jonathan Taves lifting the cup in Chicago when they beat Tampa, and then right below it, Schmidty, like, put the gif of uh, yeah. Jonathan Taves lifting the cup in Boston, it's, like, crazy oh. that we were yeah. spoiled I'm enough not... to witness three of them in, yeah, like, no, five, I've... six years. So I would have been, I would have been 13 for 2015. Mm-hmm. and i guess 11 because I, I have an april birthday so yeah it's like it's my my birthday is like right before the playoffs so oh yeah mine's in mine's in october so when i watch that changes the, it a bit yeah yeah when i watched the blackhawks win in uh 2010 i was nine then when it was 2013 i was 12 and then of course 2015 i was 14 so yeah it's no, yeah, we're spoiled though. Yeah, yeah, like, we totally were. It's crazy how time flies by too, as well. Like I was fourteen, and now I'm now I'm twenty years old, man. Like it's yeah, freaking crazy. 
that's a, that's the thing I've learned. Like just ever since 2017, as like as these last handful of years have gone on, I've learned that like, I mean, we can't really, we can't complain too much, really. Like, we, I think the 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 one thing we uh, we can complain about is just how it went down. You know, I think we can all agree that. Yeah. Bowman Bowman didn't help us out at all. Like it didn't it didn't really have to go down that bad. But I mean, we're lucky. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Revisionist history. What they yeah. what Bowman should have done after 2015 is like kind of seeing that the sun was setting. Maybe it trade some players away, yeah. like you know Seabrook instead of signing him to an eight year deal. But again, that's all. It's, it's been hammered. History. Yeah, you it's can't. been hammered down so much. Like yeah. We've gone over it countless it's, times. It's, it's the price of winning, and yeah. we're going to get into this too, but look at Pittsburgh and look what that's happened. Do you actually want to start that's, with that first? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good transition. Know, yeah, Rutherford resigning, or resigning, I should say. Yeah. Um, two two different uh, two different completely different terms, but yeah, saying, no, signing, he, he's not. Signing. He's definitely not resigning. <laughs> he's resigning to his membership on the golf course. But oh yeah, and going to the cottage, you know. Oh yeah, even though it's oh, probably dude. snowy out. Yeah, some margaritas. Oh yeah, just like uh, Bob McKenzie style. But yeah, that caught a lot of uh, a lot of uh, like insiders off guard. Like this was completely out of the blue and. We don't know the exact reason for it. Thankfully, it's not health issues, so he is okay. Yeah. But uh, we don't know the exact reasoning. But uh, I think a day later, a tweet came out saying that uh, he was working on a Chris Letang trade. So I wonder if it had to do a bit with the ownership. We won't exactly know. Maybe <laughs> the exact reasoning comes out in uh, like right after the podcast is done or during the podcast. I don't know. But that's a definitely an interesting situation in Pittsburgh there because – you had Ray Shiro build that 2009 Cup team, and they even went to the Cup final back in 2008. But then they had a few years of playoffs, like disappointing playoff exits. I remember that um, uh, I think it was the 2012 playoffs against Philadelphia, where they were just like Mark Andre Fleury could not stop a, a beach ball, and like they were just owning the owning the the Flies were just owning the Penguins, and then. 2013, the next year, they get absolutely pummeled by the Bruins in the the conference final. And yeah. I think something I was kind of thinking about was we never Chicago and Pittsburgh. We're yeah. talking. About, we're on the talk of, topic of great teams. We never really got to witness them ever play meaningful games. Like whenever they did, Chicago would always destroy them because it seemed like they had their number. But we never got to yeah. see a like, final between them, which kind of sucks. And that kind of brings up the question: Is like, what's the most star-studded cup final because when you really go back into it like last year tampa bay was clearly the better team over dallas it showed mm. um you got obviously tampa bay has studs like stamkos and kucherov and point and hemin and vasilevsky but they're not like this goes on yeah like they're not these generate well they're, they're really good players but like you look at dallas mm. like ben and sagan are really good Haskinen's mm. really good um, Kadoman yeah. had a great year last year, but they're not these generational talents, you know. We've seen like Crosby and Ovechkin go head to head to the second round a few times, and whoever's won that series has gone on to win the cup. So um, we've get to see them, but we never get to see like the two superstars go head to head in the Stanley Cup final, which is interesting. Um, like again, you just go back through the years, 2019, St. Louis versus Boston. St. Louis really didn't have that generational talent. Either does like. Um, either did Boston really. Obviously, again, you got Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, yeah. and just all those there's, guys. But 
it, the the point he's getting at is there's there's a difference between elite and like generational you know like generational yeah you know obviously just um when you get to the stanley cup finals you got the two best teams pretty much you know obviously there's occasions where you know the best team doesn't always make it and whatnot but I would realistically argue, i would argue yeah. in that case the best team rarely wins i would say yeah. tampa bay was the best team and they won it but rarely do you see that like st louis do you look at them like 2019? Did you look at them and say, "Yeah, this is the best team. They're going to win the Stanley Cup." No, well, it's, a lot of it is a lot of it is hot goaltending, which they got that. And but the thing about the thing about St. Louis is the run they went on. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, it, when you look back now, you look at that run they went on. Like, um, well, what was it like? Was it from like think, February on? Yeah, they were like, like I think they were last in uh, the NHL at January 1st of 2019, but then they went on a hot streak they never looked back and so they, of course they won the cup so yeah like look i think looking back on it now i mean you you look at that streak they went on and, and you could see why they won the cup like it, it it makes sense that that happened like you, you see a lot of teams go into the playoffs like right before hot and then go on a run let alone yeah. st louis I like the and, 2016 penguins too yeah let alone st louis who was on that run for a time right like they yeah. were but you look that, at that was lengthy but you look at St. Louis, they don't have a Crosby, they don't have yeah. a McDavid, McKinnon, but they didn't even have like a Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves or Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marchand type of player. They obviously had some great players like Ryan O'Reilly won the Smythe, Vladimir Tarasenko, but they didn't have that like true franchise talent. But, yeah. you know, like you, you again, look, you look at that year, Tampa probably should have won. They had the 62-win season and then they get swept on the first round. It yeah, just shows no, you like... The best team rarely wins, but yeah. I think this year, and in, in this case in 2020, they certainly did. But uh, yeah, we're <laughs> we're getting way off topic, but that's a interesting discussion. Point um, case, um, it would have been nice to see Pittsburgh, Chicago. Oh, definitely. At least, like, at least once. Yeah, you definitely. Know, if it's Crosby, between... Crosby, Malkin versus Kane and Taves, I mean, definitely. Be, I mean, I remember when I saw that tweet, I was like, wow, that's you know that that, that matchup. I mean, just talk about just two teams that um had their runs and and just crazy star talent like you you can almost almost look at generational i mean it depends but yeah definitely it's crazy because chicago's cups were all within pittsburgh's first and second one because obviously they won 2009 then chicago wins 2010 and then they won their third cup and then 2015 and then pittsburgh wins next year and then goes back to back and 2017 so it's kind of interesting yeah. how chicago they did a more like a compressed time whereas pittsburgh was kind of more spread out with their time yeah. they had again they had their disappointing exits but then they finally got it back together and going back i think this is where we started in the first place jim rutherford like they were in a lot of trouble the penguins like they i think they lost in the first round of the rangers in 2015 and they were like in serious trouble yeah. And I remember they made like a bunch of moves. They acquired Phil Kessel. Um, they 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 traded Rob Scuderi to us and got Trevor Daly back. Oh man, this is what going way back. And then they got Carl Hagelin for David Perron. Like they just made a bunch of these moves where they got way faster, way more skilled, and that's the way they played in 2016, 2017. And it's crazy that they've almost they're almost like a. Like, they've done the opposite now. You see them acquiring Jack Johnson. You see them trading Patrick Hornquist for um, uh, for a Mike Mike Matheson. Oh. And then you see him going on signing Cody Ceci. And then I think they traded for Erica Branson, too. It's like they're going the exact opposite. And I think it all, it all started with that Ryan Reeves trade where it's like... Uh, oh. 
it's like, yeah, we need a player to protect Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Well, didn't you just win back-to-back cups? I wouldn't tinker with that lineup at all. And it's just like, yeah, wow. I remember my, my, my first thoughts when I saw that he was resigning was that, I mean, I'm happy for him that he's, you know, I'm happy he's retiring. I hope he's all right. Cause it said like personal reasons. Right. But that being it said, wasn't health rated, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, I think Pittsburgh locked out because like you said, it looked like, it looked like, honestly, I've said this multiple times before. I don't know if you'll agree with me, but um, Pittsburgh kind of reminded reminds me right now of where the Blackhawks were kind of heading after 2017. Maybe yeah, not as I, steep as a downfall, that, yeah, but they've um, had some disappointing yeah. exits. And so I think, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think um, it's 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 tough, but uh, I think they kind of they. I hate to say it. I mean, they they locked out with it because. You know, it looked like they do need a change, right? Yeah, and it's interesting because you got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. You, I, what I've learned is you never bet against them. Like until I see them miss the playoffs, or like I'm never mm-hmm. going to bet against them. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. And again, until I see it, they're I'm never going to bet bet against them. And when you have those two guys, Sidney Crosby is still obviously one of the best players on the planet. Evgeny Malkin is still very much a superstar. You got to find the correct pieces to put around them. And they've, they've really treated a lot of their prospects. Like you saw them trade their, I think it's the 15th overall pick to Toronto to get only Kasperi Kapanen. Like, I still think they could have gotten a lot more in return for that. And it just looks yeah. at Jim Rutherford again. I thought he made some brilliant moves to help get that team back into uh, what it really could have been a Stanley cup contender. And they won back to back cups because of it. And yeah. then they lose in the, they lose in the second round to Washington, the eventual Stanley cup champion. So they had a great three year, three year run with them. And then it's just like 2019, you get swept by the Islanders 2020, you lose to Montreal in the play in round. And it's like, all right, yeah. what do we do now? And they've, they traded also, they trade, I think Kalen Addison, who's one of their better defensive prospects and a first round pick for Jason Zucker. And I think who was, sorry, who was that? Uh, who was that guy they just like like a top prospect for them that they traded? Not Addison. There was another uh, deal. Philip Hollander was that yeah. when uh, they traded for uh, Kapanen, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was like, that's those question marks. I mean, what the hell are you doing? Because I remember I saw Pittsburgh fans are like, oh my god, like what are, what are we doing? <laughs> and especially when you look at how, what uh uh what Colorado had to give up for a Brandon Saad, it's like Pittsburgh, you can't do that. You know, it's like yeah. you gave up the 15th overall pick for Kasparri Kapanen, who I think is not better than Brandon Saad. I think Brandon Saad is better. Like, they couldn't have done better than that, you know? Like, Yeah. I don't know. But whoever's coming into that situation, you don't have a ton of prospects. You don't have a ton of draft picks. And I'm pretty sure since, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I think Minnesota might have a lottery pick because I'm pretty sure um, it's unprotected, if I'm not mistaken. I would have to read into that, but like, uh, like the point, the point still stands is that like That's... they're out of a lot of assets. So whoever's coming in has got to be really creative and kind of think yeah. outside the box and to find some new players. And the thing with Pittsburgh, it's they, they always seem to find like this guy where it's like, yeah, who the it's hell just are you? Comes out of nowhere. And he comes out and scores like 20 goals or whatever on the line with Crosby and Malkin. That's the beauty of Pittsburgh. And I still don't understand why they went out and got Kapanen because I still think he's kind of a player where you can replace him with someone in your system, you know. But I don't know. But Pittsburgh, they're interesting. They're off to not a very good start. Tristan Jerry has, hasn't been able to oh, stop man. the beach ball. Don't you have him on your fantasy team? I, I did. Um, I quickly realized, though, that 
uh, after my first week, my first matchup, he gave, uh, he had a minus eight game. Oh boy! And then a minus five, and uh, that was it. I got rid of him. That's rough. <laughs> well, yeah, um, Crystal Tang. I wonder what they would have traded him for. What they would have got for him. Um, just seems like he's been in trade rumors forever, and I don't know what team he would have gone to. I don't know any details about that, but Pittsburgh, they're, uh, they're certainly an interesting team to watch out, uh, see who they may hire as a yeah. GM, what direction but, they go in, and like their ownership is still like, we're all in, we're still going to go try to win the Stanley Cup. But but you, yeah. you just you got to be careful because, again, you bring up the Blackhawks after 2017, you can see that road that, they, that you could be going down where – you know, poor asset management, um, bad contracts. You, if you, the farther you go down that road, you can't go back, right? So it's like you got to be, you got to be careful. Whoever their new GM is, he's got he's got a very tough task ahead of him. Yeah, definitely. Um, but enough about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's get into the yeah. Chicago Blackhawks. Um, so they played two back-to-back games against the Nashville Predators and lost both of them beyond regulation. They got two points out of a possible four points, but uh, they really, they, like, the only reason when they got them was because of Malcolm and the first game. Yeah, yeah goaltending. Because we thought that was going to be the problem. Like, mm-hmm. we, like, you saw those first uh, couple of games against Tampa Bay where, like, Malcolm Subban, he had a really shaky start. I thought he kind of found his game more and more as the game went on, and Colin Dio was kind of the opposite. I thought he looked good to start the game, but then, like, that yeah. that turnover where he turned over the puck right to a Tampa player, it's just, like, after that, he just completely, completely lost. And Kevin Lincoln has definitely been the best goaltender of the three. I think he has, like, a 2.18 goals against average and a 9.31 save percentage with this defense. So, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And I, I want to say I saw him, I think he was eighth in goals saved above average, I think, with three, which is really good, yeah. too. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Lankin and like, I don't, I don't want to say, well, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised that he's playing this well. Obviously it's, it's a small sample size. Let's wait and see, obviously. But, um, I think I just, I always, I've always held out hope for him just a little bit, you know, like, cause he's been a prospect. It feels like for a long time. Um, I want to say he's so, 25 and turns 26 this, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's 25 right now. Um, he's 25 right now and I don't know. I just, I, I always, I'd always uh, held out hope for him um, in his time before. Well, I'm happy he's finally getting, uh, getting a shot basically. So it's nice to see uh, that, you know, he looks really calm for, for a goalie that young. And you don't usually see that, especially for a goalie that, you know, he's, he's just started his tenure. So uh, hopefully he can. With not a very good team in front of him. Yeah. And And exactly. The defense is porous. Like it's, awful we bring up the we bring up his age and i'm pretty sure crawford was the same age when he broke in too because i think he was 25 26 when he when he came in that first season 2010 2011 and there was a lot of uncertainty I was, even mm-hmm. me i was like is crawford our guy but then after he won the cup i'm like yeah that's a, that's it, our guy it, yeah yeah it, it took it took crawford a little bit to um to uh you know get his feet under him yeah, like it, it. Rarely do goalies just come into the league and just be so yeah. dominant. It takes a few years. Yeah, and well, Kevin, it's sorry, you go. Yeah, no, um, it, it's good that Lankin and uh, got some AHL time, right? He was he was playing AHL. Uh, he was an All Star last year, I believe. Um, played Finland too, where he put yeah. up some really good stats, and I think that was a yeah, year we signed because it's always it's always tough for a goalie to. Because we mentioned 
prospects playing over in Europe with the the bigger ice surface, it's hard for them to come over and adapt right away. It takes mm-hmm. time. That's exaggerated for a goalie, right? Because you know you're facing shots and and just every every chance you face, like every high danger chance you face on that bigger sheet of ice, is much different to the bigger chances you face on the NHL sized ice. So. Um, it's good that he was um, um, in the AHL before he came to the NHL. And it's a different so lifestyle too, just living in yeah. Europe and coming mm-hmm. to North America where you're yeah. where you're playing in Finland, where you know it's not as highly you know scouted, watched as whereas you're going into the AHL, NHL that's just yeah. constantly being watched as the most popular hockey league in the world. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Again, it's a it's a small sample size, but you know we brought up Colin Delia. He had a really good start to his NHL career, but I think a big difference between both of them was the fact that Colin Delia is kind of a a, a swimmer in that, like he flops yeah. out a lot. Whereas you look at Kevin Lincoln, and he's very uh, calm, poised, and relaxed. And we even heard Connor Murphy say that his uh, the way he's just the the way he's able to stay calm in net is similar to Crow, and that's really yeah. high praise. Um, but yeah, so. We lost. We lost to Nashville. Um, not a lot of not a lot of positives. Again, the the fact we were even able to stay in those games, get the extra, or get just one point, was because of the goaltending. And I think it's it was good for Subban to get that game in there. I thought he looked really good. You can't blame him, especially on that um, uh, Yossi goal where he walked, where they just walked past everyone, and like Kane and, and Strom had that like defensive error. And Jeremy Colton, I just wonder what the hell he was doing in that overtime shift because we had because he had Ian Mitchell, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane out, and they're not your most uh, defensively responsible players. But I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, well. Goal scoring is a big problem. Um, it's, Patrick Kane had zero uh, zero shot attempts in the first game. Like he just had, he hasn't really I mean, looked himself. I mean, you take out you take out Debrinket now too, and it's like you know you probably expect this. I mean, it, it took it took a fourth liner, Ryan Carpenter, God bless him, but <laughs> it took yeah. it took a fourth liner to score. Um, and so we're we're gonna we're gonna preview this Columbus game, and um, that's one of the things. Like you're now you're playing Columbus, who's well, one of the they're not yeah one, one of the best chances. one of the best def- any yeah. space. Yeah. They're gonna be a pain in the ass to play. Like yeah. exactly, they're not gonna give you a it's, lot. Uh, one of the best defensive systems in the league. So I just I don't know how we're gonna score. I mean, it's you're basically the only way you're gonna have to be able to beat them at their own game basically like really you're gonna have to you're gonna have to grind them down just like columbus will try to grind you down so um that's that's the only way i think and obviously our power play's been red hot like i'm pretty sure it's right at the top of the yeah. league it's like uh, it's at 40 percent and i mean they're not going to score on any, any every attempt but like there's a few power plays in that game where it's like okay maybe we can pull ahead here and get that extra goal and maybe not let it go in <laughs> overtime so that like obviously the power play has been great but a lot of it has to do with timing like they've gotten a lot of power play goals where it's like uh you know they're they're kind of stat padding i guess in a way but like not to really give them that uh that lead or advantage because they're they've been in those games if they could just get that one extra goal they could have won both those games in regulation but they yeah they couldn't do that at all it it feels it feels nice i remember we were talking about this uh it it feels nice to be able to call someone on the blackhawks a power play merchant just because (laughs) the the power the power play hasn't been 
Well, right now, like like the numbers it's at right now, I know it went a little cold as of late, but the numbers that we have right now, we haven't had a power play like that uh, since I don't know how long. What? Uh, I think this might be the past. It's probably the uh, best even, power plays ever been that I, at least that I yeah, can remember of. Yeah, no, like even seventeen, eighteen when when the power play was all right. I think it was because um, that what that was the year that Gustafson had sixty points, right? I think it was eighteen, nineteen. Okay, but yeah, even well, like. When, like, yeah, no, yeah, and... it was, it was, but yeah. but yeah, like it's it's great to see a power play, a Blackhawks power play doing that because it feels like it hasn't happened in forever. Yeah, like historically, our power play has never been that great, and it's weird because we've obviously had such a wealth of talent uh, come through this organization within the last decade plus. And I remember what the first year Panarin came into the league. Uh, with and when he played with Kane, that ridiculous line, I think it was clicking out like 20%. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. really good. But it was never like top of the league. And it just showed you how poor our power play was. And I think what really sh- like uh, st- like helped us out was that we were able to play that good two-way game. We were good on the penalty kill. I think the year we won the cup, like we were flirting with like 90% on the penalty kill. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's... it's ridiculous. I think... In that 2013 run, I don't think they allowed a power play goal at home till the third round against LA, something like that. It's ridiculous yeah. how good it was. And again, it just goes back to how how good those Stanley Cup wing teams yeah. were. But, uh, yeah. Um. I, I have, have fallen. Yeah. Again, it's a small sample size, but I'm I'm 100 yeah. percent comfortable with Kevin Lincoln and playing. And I think another big thing is this is going to be a tough year for the Blackhawks. We've brought this up many times. And an important thing that we might overlook a lot of the time is how players act in the locker room. It's going to be tough, but having a goaltender like Kevin Lincoln, who is very confident in himself, he's not like, oh, you know, uh, it's the teammates in front of me. He's like, no, I'm very good at stopping the puck. If you saw like the 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 quotes that like Mark Lazarus and Ben Pope got from, like he's a very he's very confident in himself, and I and I really like that. I really like that out of a goaltender, and yeah. Um, yeah, with, with Lankin and I think just the exciting thing for Hawks fans and, and, uh, for us right now is that just the thought that maybe, you know, if, if Lankin and, uh, is, uh, something, well, we'll see how good he ends up being, but if he is a future starting guy, I mean, the Blackhawks just drafted a goalie in the second round, Drew Camaso, American yeah. kid. If they don't well, have to well, worry about... Last I checked, it was actually not doing terrible with Boston yeah. College or University. I don't know. I'd have but, to double-check but, but my point is that it, it'd be nice just to not have to worry about that, you know? Because, like, he's, you know, Give we talked about him. Yeah, he, he's going to probably take, like, five years. So if Lankinen can uh, be a starter, uh, I think that takes the pressure off um, Camaso. Obviously, he's still going to... Uh, Camaso's still going to want to, you know, make his mark when, when that time comes, but... I think it'd just be nice for the Blackhawks to, you know, have this guy that he's been waiting. Uh, he'd been waiting quite some time to finally get his chance uh, in, in Kevin Lankinen. And, you know, it, it would uh, it would take the pressure off him, you know, off the Blackhawks to, you know, realize that, hey, this guy can actually be something in the future. Yeah, and Kevin Lankinen, he's definitely climbed the charts. Like, he was way, like like deep on the Blackhawks goaltending organization, like depth chart for goaltending. Like 2019, you got Leonard, you got uh, Crawford as your one-two punch, and then you got Subban and like Lincoln, and he's, he's fourth on that list. And then 
again, you look like going into the playoffs, it was Crawford, Subban, Delia, still fourth on the list. And coming into this training camp, it was uh, Subban, Delia, third on the list. And then he gets his chance. Yeah. He makes, makes the good most on of it. it. And now, yeah, exactly. And now he's, 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 he's first on that list. And we had uh, Catherine Silverman on, who is a very good uh, goalie analyst. And she said that uh, Kevin Lincoln had the highest upside. And I think a lot of like scouts and whatnot were saying that. And we're, we're definitely yeah. seeing it. So um, I hope key he point, keeps it up. Uh, key point, be patient with goalies. Yeah. And in hindsight, you know, like you, it looked disastrous just the way he handled it with Crawford. But maybe Stan Bowman knew like what was going to happen. Hey. I don't know. But like, hey, I mean, it's, he, I, 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 we'll see what happens going forward. But, you know, I, 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 I've, uh, I've joked about this. Like Bowman is... He's smiling. He's smiling more than he more than he uh, more than he's ever smiled before. Seeing this happen, seeing Lankinen play like this, because it's it's proving uh, what he told us before the season. It's proven that to be true, and it makes him look like he, uh, at least in that regard, makes it look like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, this is a year where the whole thing is that they're seeing what they have in their organization. Like we've seen a lot of young players get into the lineup. Someone that I've really liked is Brandon Hagel. He's so fast, like he's so aggressive on the forecheck. I freaking love him, and he totally deserved that uh, assist on Carpenter's goals. And you can just see all these young guys getting inserted to the lineup. Kershev has a couple goals, and he's driving play. Pusier obviously had the hat trick, and he's playing in that top sec. He's centering Patrick Kane. I mean, I don't know how much better does it really get with that. And again, you're just seeing what you have. Uh, Nicholas Bodin got into the lineup. Lucas Carlson got in the lineup. Not very noticeable, but maybe that's for better that they weren't noticeable. You know, turn over the puck and stuff. But yeah, I think obviously in the whole like this year, it kind of looks bleak. But like in the whole grand scheme of things, this can be an important year. And you look at Kevin Lincoln, and he only makes eight hundred thousand dollars this year and next year. That's really cheap. If he can get him just playing decent, like he's at a nine thirty one right now. If, if he's even just like a nine fifteen, yeah. you know. Like yeah. that's that's really good value, and especially yeah. now with the pandemic going on, with how the salary cap's going to stay stagnant. Like God, it might even go down and, for all that we know. What? You know? And you know what? It, and just to have a guy on that cheap of a contract playing, just yeah, like, like you said, even if he drops off a bit, like it, that's crazy value. Like, and then it allows Bowman to grow the team, uh, invest in you know other parts of the team because you know that you got you at least have a guy that's reliable in that yeah um so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a tough game against columbus i don't think it's gonna be a high goal school scoring no. affair i think it's gonna be a lot i think it's gonna see it's gonna be a lot of the same like what we saw in nashville but you know what like the whole thing was is that the blackhawks are too easy to play against and obviously if you get good goaltending and this yeah. is not a very good team, but if you can just keep the games close and like put the scare into these teams, I think that's successful for the Blackhawks. Like, that's uh, so one thing I really like so far is that it seems as though everyone's bought in. Like every everyone's working hard, and when you lack talent, that's what you got to do. You got to work hard. Um, and you know, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that they have the personnel to run a Columbus style defense they certainly yeah they certainly don't have the defensive personnel yeah, to run that. but but if but if everyone is on the same page um and you can commit to that style of play 
then you're putting yourself in a good spot, I think. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, again, it's going to be more of the same what we saw uh-huh. against Nashville. But, you know, never know. Maybe we come out on top this game. Yeah, going to have, gonna have to work for every goal we score in this game. I mean, and, like, I have no problem with our role players. Like, I think all our role players have been fine. It's, like, yeah. I'm kind of concerned with guys like Kubelik, guys like Strom and Kane that are supposed to be our offensive leaders. They've kind of been silent. They haven't had any five-on-five points in the two games against Nashville, and you just want to see – those are the players you want to see getting that's, going. This that's, game. that's the big issue when you lack depth is it puts so much pressure on your top guys to play their best, right? Mm-hmm. And – and that's uh, well. That's you know we'll keep I keep saying it till I'm right in the face. That's Bowman's fault uh, when it comes to the roster. It, it also um, doesn't help the fact that your top two centers yes, are out. Same yeah. with the Brinkin, Oakfist, but yeah, yeah, there's there's only so much you can take when it comes to that. There's only so much you can lose. But um, yeah, no, it's so the only the only way from here is just to you know have every everyone on the roster work hard. And that's what they're doing. So if they do that and they commit to a simpler style of play, like like a Columbus or an Arizona, then that's that's their best chance of winning. Like, honestly, like, Colleton's gotten a lot of flack, but I think a lot of players are bought in. And obviously there's a lot of de- decisions where you kind of scratch your head or like, what the fuck is he yeah. doing? Like, but <sighs> I can't I can't blame Colleton, man. Like, you just look at what the, the cards he's been dealt, the hand he's been dealt, whatever, yeah. like, phrase you want to use like i think he's been doing an okay job obviously just, he's not incredible but like given the circumstances i think he's done an okay job i, I just, don't think uh, he deserves all the hate he gets yeah no i you just you just triggered me a little bit there because when you said <laughs> um when you brought up the uh the decision making um now i'm not sure because because i'm aware um i know this like as a player myself i know that coaches tend to you know practice in practice they see who's good in the shootout and who's not but oh my I, just, God. I just have a tough time I know understand I, I have a tough time understanding how Yanmark ends up going in the shootout when you've got a guy like Strom who I mean we, we see it in clips from 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 training camp and practice the guy's got really nice hands so I don't know why he didn't go but you know, maybe Yanmark was lighting it up in practice or something, but I don't know. And it's not it's not Yanmark's fault, man. Like he's no. not he's not a high skilled player. And the thing is I love the way he's been playing. He yeah. had that he had that breakaway he's, goal, like he read that pass perfectly, took it away, scoring the breakaway. I have good. no problem with him. Yeah. But like why would you put him in that situation? He's he's good at what he does, right? I mean and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the type of player he is, but that's that's what he is. I mean I you just shootout you gotta just you gotta go with your most skilled guys Sorry, it's but, uh, and the thing the whole thing with a shootout it's really just a crap shoot like yeah. like why 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 shoot a man like it's it's just a skills competition but like should have won least, it earlier right yeah like, you should have should have won it in overtime yeah but you couldn't even put like Suter and Kurashev in there like, you know yeah, it's just, even 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 Suter who's like he yeah he's I'm sure his confidence is flying flying as high as it ever has with just after scoring Scoring that hat trick, playing with Patrick Kane, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's the one thing. Can I just say one of the things I love about Kane? Not just, not just all the all the success he's had over the years, all the goals he scored, all the points. Just the, the fact that, yeah, that. like aside from that, just being able to, and and I kind of feel bad for him because no winger that that good who's done that much good for the team 
deserves to play with a revolving door for a winger. Like he's he's just been playing with so many different guys. But that being said, it's been nice to be able to use Kane as someone who can help grow, you know, his winger, whoever he's playing with. Like um, you've seen it over the years. Uh, like you go back to Panarin when he was first coming to the NHL. Um, now he obviously ended up becoming one of the best players in the league. He's also but, the same thing as Kane where he can drive a line from the yeah, wing. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I mean, you're going to see it in the future now whenever uh, Lucas Reichel comes to the league. You know, you're going to be able to put him on Kane's wing, and it's going to help him immensely uh, with his uh, development. Like, just um, – and, and in terms of getting his feet wet uh, and get be, uh, becoming established in the NHL. Yeah, and on the topic of Lucas Reichel, he's been doing great in Germany. Like, he's gotten – I think he had one game where he had four points. He's been playing center. He's been working on his 2A game, and – uh, nothing but really but positives for Lucas Reichel, and that's good for him. Good in the face-off dot. I think he's, yeah, and like he's been, he's I think he's been at 50 and above. So, and that's not yeah, like he's playing and, against and, uh, he's like playing junior against players. Men. Like he's, he's playing against men. Yeah, not that the DL is like the KHL, the yeah. SHL, but like that's it's 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 not nothing, man. It's nothing to scoff at. Yeah, because he's he, what he's 18 right now. Yeah, I know yeah, he's, he's turns, my age. Yeah, he turns. So yeah, because you're 2002, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he'd be 18 turning 19 so yeah. you know it's man you you think about it, he's going against guys that are you know in the, in their late 20s and even 30s too like it's um in the face of dot it's really hard especially like like when you're when you're going against guys that are that much and stronger he's not than a, you and he's not a natural center either yeah and he's not so, a guy so take that into account and and then you're going against guys who are stronger than you just because it, they're, they're men it's a professional hockey league Yep. You got to rely on your quickness and speed. So I'm sure Reichel's been working on that a lot in his time over there, and it's starting to pay off. Yeah, I remember when I was kind of doing like uh, I was writing about him near when we drafted him, and you look at the the zone and exit and entry mm-hmm. numbers are really good for him. So that's promising. That shows that he's a good uh, speedy player, someone that can control the puck when entering the zone. And I think the the most the thing that stood out to me the most was the fact that he was able to get into those high danger areas and not afraid to get in there again, not a big guy, but he's, he's willing to get in there. And I think that says yeah. a lot about him. And, and it's, um, it's the IQ too. That's a yeah. very big part of his game. He's really smart. Mm-hmm. Makes smart decisions. He's not, he's not by any means going to be a superstar winger. I mean, it'd be nice if he could, but yeah. like he's second someone, line winger for yeah, sure. Someone you can play your top that. six, probably play on the first line with someone like Kirby Doc. that just, can make him better. I get just, him the puck. I love, I just love how, you know, when I think about him, I just think I, I can just see the spot for him on Patrick Kane's wing. Yeah. And you know what? If he, if he can just, if he can be decent on that second line, you're, you're, you're finally going to get, you're finally going to have Kane a winger that sticks with him. You know what I mean? Like he stays on his line for an extended period of time. So that'll be nice. Yeah. And, kind of on the topic of prospects, like you just look at the forward core going forward, obviously Kirby Doc, Jonathan Tazero, but like if you can have, you know, like Kirby Doc and like Alex Dabrinkit or something on your first line, then go like, uh, I don't know, Taves and I, I don't know, but like 
going forward, you can use that Kubelik Strom Kershev line, and then you can kind of work like use that as your third line. That's 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 a hell of yeah, a third that's line, a really good third line. When yeah. you put that up against uh, lesser competition, and then you give Doc and Taves these heavy minutes, but maybe you kind of mm-hmm. ease that third line in the second line because someone like Jonathan yeah. Taves is gonna get older. Um, well, yeah, maybe going forward, you go like Reichel, Doc, Kane, and then you go like uh, Taves. Uh, I don't know. Like to bring kid and and someone else like they can easily yeah. find someone to put in there, yeah. and, and then you go like you can go Kublik, Stroman, Kershaw. Like the forward yeah. core is looking really good going forward. Yeah, no the good intended. the good thing is that um, the good thing with you know I I really hope Taves is all right, but if it is something that's more serious than we're being told here, I think you know obviously I don't we'll have to see what happens to Doc. Uh, how he comes back from that injury. Hopefully. I think he's I think be fine personally. Should, I don't think he should be all right. It's, yeah, it's not too bad. I don't think he should play the rest of the season unless yeah. we somehow, by some it's, miracle, make the playoffs and Kevin Lincoln and wins the Calder and Vesna. But yeah. um, I think Kirby Doc is better to sit out the rest of the year unless yeah. he's just like oh, he makes it back earlier and like takes some time. I don't know, but so like, it's it's not a it's not like it's a knee injury or 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 recurring back problems or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was a freak accident, really. Um, yeah. It's, it's, hockey's unfortunately but, full of those. Um, I think if it was something serious with Taves, I think with the development that Doc was on, he'd probably be oh, ready just about been, to he take He would have been be ready for if he stayed healthy. Yeah. Yeah. He'd he'd be he'd be ready at this point in his career to be to start taking on those first line minutes, I think. And we we saw that in the Edmonton series, like Carlton mm-hmm. was confident in putting him on the penalty kill, putting him on the power play, get, putting him against Dreisaitl, which is no, uh, <laughs> it's not an easy, not an easy matchup. Yeah, no, definitely. And like Dreisaitl was kind of like, an, he didn't play up against the whole series, but like Dreisaitl was kind of like a non-factor in that series, really. Yeah, and we, we saw um, we saw Doc show really nice signs of a two-way game in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, you and know, that's with, why. With the, with the defense and stuff. Yeah, and. He didn't have a, a a great offensive year last year. Obviously, you can see the flashes. I remember that spinorama he yeah. did playing against the Ducks. But um, the reason why he was able to hang on because he has such a, a strong two-way defensive game. Yeah, and that's and that's promising. He's mm-hmm. going to be not only is he going to be offensively skilled. We've seen the flashes of skill that he's able to hang on to the puck. He's such a big body, but he can also play that that strong two-way game. So it's, yeah, the 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 offense will come. Uh, as as time goes on because we we already know how how skilled he can be offensively so that part of his game will develop as time goes on um i think the most important thing for me is that you know you see that two-way game progress you see flashes of of a guy that you know um could take over uh, a tave style of play or at least take over that role and being be that complete to, number one center. Be able to be a guy that Carlton can trust to in any put situation. out, there, put out yeah. there for the last minute, take the big face off. You know, that's that's what you need out of your first line center. And I think Doc has shown um that he can be that guy. And when you again going back to Stanley Cup winners, every single team has had that center where you can throw out with like a minute left, Braden Point, um Ryan O'Reilly. Um, like Nick Backstrom, uh, Crosby, yeah. Taves, you know. So, um, if Doc can develop into that complete, I don't know if he's. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if he's ever going to be like a heart 
winner, you know, like a Art Ross winner. But and if he can be that complete number one center who you can put out in any single situation and he can succeed, then you know that's good enough. All you can ask for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we kind of bring up the fact that he had a rough year. You look at someone like Jack Hughes; he had a really rough year, but now he's he's doing great. I think we brought this yeah. up last podcast, and I just I just wanted to bring this up because Alexi Lafreniere finally got his first goal in overtime. In overtime, but. It just shows you the amount of pressure that are on these kids coming into the NHL. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. On like, we've been so spoiled with players like McDavid that came in and was just amazing right off the bat. Same with Matthews. Um, yeah. Nico Heischer kind of struggled, even like Rasmus Dahlin. But like, you kind of get into these last few years, like 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 Nico Heischer, Rasmus Dahlin, great players, but they've kind of struggled. Rasmus Dahlin has been good. I think he's just in a bad situation. And uh, he yeah. sure is obviously one of the better two-way forwards, but it takes it takes time for a lot of these guys. Yeah, I think I've... we got to ease off calling, you know, putting so much pressure on these players, calling yeah. them busts, because, uh, like, yeah. making it into the best hockey league in the world at <laughs> 18, 19, or whatever you are, that is a lot. Especially, it's not just that, especially when you know going into a draft that the number one guy isn't a McDavid or Nathan McKinnon, you know, like, like, it's like, like, like Jack Hughes, the Jack Hughes draft, you know, that you knew that Jack Hughes wasn't going to be a stud right away. You know, like it's a guy like that. We all, we always said it like he's, he's got such a high ceiling, but you know, his floor, it's going to take time for him to get to that ceiling. Mm -hmm. So especially when yeah just like when you know a guy isn't going to be like a mcdavid or a mckinnon where they're just like they're generational and it's like yeah matthew's like gonna any, take the world by take the world on fire and he's even he's, he's right he's even 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 aaron ekblad won the call during his first year as a defenseman so like but yeah we've been kind of spoiled we were really spoiled with players like mcdavid and matthews and mckinnon and hang on i'm just gonna let my cat out i'm just gonna this out. yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, temper temper your expectations, everybody. Especially when a guy is not as highly touted going into the draft as you know your McKinnons and McDavid's, and even Darlene for that matter. You know, Darlene, he's a guy that on a Buffalo team that you know not very good. So, but actually, if you watch Buffalo, he uh, if you watch Buffalo, you'll notice like just how good the guy is. Sorry, I just. I, was, I know. I was no. I was. I was talking. Were you, were you the filling the? Were you filling the air? Yeah, yeah. I oh, was go, man. I talking about Darlene. Yeah. Uh, just have you like have you uh, have you watched have you seen Buffalo at all this year? No, I, I unfortunately. Yeah, That's just a um, bad start. But this is a thing. Yeah. Every year with Buffalo, it's like oh they're yeah. This is no, the yeah, they that they just do this. I was just saying, Darlene, like he he looks so good. Like like you you can even even with on a bad team, you can just see like. The guy is the guy is always making good plays. Like he's making, like he he always wows you. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, and people, I just I'm just saying to the people that like um, criticize him harshly, like it's, it's like the guy is still good. If you ask any Buffalo fan, they'll tell you like he's he's still mm-hmm. he's playing pretty good. Yeah, I love Buffalo. I really hope they make it, but I I don't know. Like that division yeah. they're in is so tough. Like, just if this was the regular divisions and uh, this was a regular year, I might have chose 
like chose them to make the playoffs, but it's just they're in a, such a tough division. And it feels like we always say this with them that like yeah. you know they they, they they could make the playoffs, you know. And okay, they, you got show me it, you know. They win ten in a row and then down it they, goes. So then, yeah, exactly. It's just it's, and I feel so bad for them because yeah, no, it's that's that's bad. Like it's. I mean, it, it's good though. They Buffalo fans, they got the Bills. They got the Bills this year. That was yeah. Nice. They made a, they made a good run. Yeah. So that's, and we that's, and we bring yeah. up and we bring up football. We've we talked about like not having those like those two generational stars going off in like like a championship like series or game. How about the the NFL where you have Brady versus Rogers in the, like the what was it the semifinal game and then you have um uh Mahomes and Brady who are like I think they were born 18 years yeah. apart I'm it's pretty sure I saw the I saw this thing where Mahomes I think was in kindergarten when Tom Brady won his first yeah. Super Bowl I think in 2002 or whatever it so, was so so the N- the NFC this year was the the battle of the the older veterans and then the AFC you had Josh Allen and Mahomes yeah. and yeah that was that was interesting how that played out mm-hmm like I, 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 by any means, do not watch football. But like I was watching those games, and I'm like, I want Buffalo, and it's just like they seem like they've yeah. gone through so much. Yeah, it, it would just be so awesome to see them win. But like, yeah, Kansas City, they won last year, and it's not really surprising that they yeah, passed. But team is so stacked. Yeah. Who do you think wins that? I'm not. I'm not. Mm. I don't really know. Again, I don't know too much about football, but like, how do you I think? Bet, oh. How do you bet against Tom Brady? But at the same time, Kansas City won uh, last. I think the only way Tampa Bay wins is if their defense keeps playing like they have been, and Brady has to play because Brady's kind of been playing. I mean, he had a he had a good last game, but he's kind of been playing uh, decent, like average, and Not then just amazing, wrote, like we're used yeah. To. Yeah, and yeah, relying on relying on Tampa Bay's great defense. Um, so I think for them to beat Kansas, the I think the only way is if Brady has a really good game. And I mean, wouldn't put it past him. How do, yeah, yeah, how do you bet against him, man? That, well, that'll be fun to watch, dude. I'm totally watching that. Um, but how how spoil this Tampa Bay? Obviously, they won the cup. Oh, um, the Rays. <laughs> the Rays went to the to the World Series. Yeah, didn't win though, but like. They're, 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 Yo, man, they that's, get, that's a they crazy get, sports here. Yeah, and then now you got the Buccaneers and the the Super Bowl. They, like they they could have had, they could have held the title for every for like every. Uh, well, I don't know about. I don't, I don't know think about they have. A, I don't Do think they, they have, have a team in the NBA in Tampa Bay. Miami made it, but no, they're not. They're not in the Tampa area. Don't, don't, don't kill us, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, like they could have had. They could have had three winners. Like, that's crazy. How all the all the four major winners could have well, been from Florida. Well, least. obviously, obviously NFL is the Super Bowls in 2021. But anyways, <laughs> kind of in like the last like half like half year, six months or so, or whatever yeah. it's been because it just feels like a flat still a, 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 a miraculous run for Tampa Bay sports as of late. Oh man, I want to say it's interesting because I want to say if you had a baby that was born in like Tampa Bay. You like like six months ago, I think you would have experienced more like championship finals or like oh. games than Minnesota has in like the past forty years or something like that. Dude, so I'm, I saw it on Twitter. It's crazy though, and and Minnesota man, <laughs> they're just like it, oh. it. never seems like they they they're they're never bad enough to like get a superstar. I'm speaking mostly from hockey, but they're never like 
good enough to win a championship. And the thing is with Minnesota this year, they're in the uh, what's it called the West Division. You got it's top yeah, heavy yeah. with Vegas and Colorado and St. Louis right now. But they got the three for, week. Uh, they got the three week California teams now, yeah. which is which is crazy to say because five years ago you go on that California that road like, trip and you're death, coming out beating up. Death row. Right? Yeah. So it's crazy how how things have changed. And like Blackhawks had to face Kings and the Ducks in back to back conference final game oh. seven. Like it was. And like, the Ducks. Are, the Ducks are, me. They, I, those, I, oh, man, those that, are probably two of the close. hardest series they ever played against anyone in yeah. their the those six years. And like I was worried, like, man. We went we went down three one in that series, right? Uh, and or three two. LA, we went down three one. We almost came back, but yeah. uh, Nick D. Blah, 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 the, uh, we don't want to. Oh, that, the, Ana- that. The, the Anaheim series, though, was it? It was the Ducks were up three two, weren't they? Yeah, Ducks were up three two because it was game five. We were down four two, I think, with like five minutes left. I want to say Patrick Maroon scored with like Kimo Tiemann and on the ice that third. There was they just yeah, there was, it was like a rebound goal or something like that. I can't remember. Open I would have net. to go back and watch the game. I think I think I recall that correctly. It was a it was a rebound goal open net, and yeah, three two down. And I was I was worried. I, I actually like. I mean, obviously, you're, you're down three two. You're going to be worried, but do, the Ducks looked really good in that oh, series. They, they were definitely the top, without they a question, scary. the toughest team that they faced and, that year. And I and still I, think I, if they if Anaheim won that series, they go on and beat Tampa. And I remember, um, I remember when we got to the because who who we beat in the second round? That was we, Nashville was, actually right? gave us a run for our money. Like you obviously remember, like if Darling doesn't come in that series, we lose that series. And then, so first round was Nashville. Second yeah, was uh, Minnesota. We Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, right. we Crawford was amazing that series. Like going back to Crowley Crawford and how he was able to bounce back. Like the fact he took the net back and then put up like that amazing of a series against Minnesota and swept them. Like that was incredible. But Anaheim, man. And that going back scary. to that game, yeah, going back to that game five game, it's like four two, and it's like yeah, this game is probably over. We're probably going back to Chicago game six on the brink. Jonathan Taves, I think, sniped one from the slot to make a four three. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe we can get it. And then the final, <laughs> the final minute, Jonathan Taves throws one from the goal line. Oh my I'm god! Like, oh my god! Oh my god! That was gonna... that was crazy. I, like... I remember that now, man. And I'm like. You know, like I was thinking, like, holy shit, dude, this team just does not give up ever. And yeah, we lost right away in overtime. I'm pretty sure Brian Bickle, like, I forget what he did, but like it was all on him. And he dude. unfortunately didn't play much that playoffs. Like he didn't have that 2013 playoffs like he did. But Matt Bolesky came back and scored. Yeah, like, Bolesky. We yeah. lost that. That's where we put oh, the seed. That of, was. We put so the seed of downs in Anaheim there because even though we lost, like Jonathan Taves. <laughs> Snipes yeah. one on him and then just threw one from the goal line and beat them. And it's like, that's where he got in his head. And and I'm like, game six. All right. If Chicago, like if Chicago wins this game, they're winning the cup. I was fully confident in that. I'm like, yeah, if they're going to win a third cup, they must win this game. And Dude, they came out. They... Keep going. I'll keep going. I'll, I'll... Yeah. And then game seven on the road, Jonathan Taves just had, had just seems to have Frederick Anderson's numbers score two to open up the game. And I'm like, yeah, we're winning the Dude. cup. And when we came into that Tampa series, like I was not stressed out at all. Like I was so Dude. confident we were winning. To, to this day, man, I'm still grateful that that game seven against Anaheim wasn't really close. 
I mean, it was at the end. It was five three. It's not like it was just this giant. Well, yeah. Up, well, well like, they they started to come back at the end, but like it didn't you really. Knew, you, yeah. you knew Chicago was winning you know, that game. You know they had it in the bag. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I'm glad like it didn't go to overtime or something because oh yeah. my god, that that Anaheim team. I'll keep saying it, man. They were scary. Yeah. Like I was. Like, I was fully worried. So. They might have been the best team we've beaten in the in the six year run we had. Mm-hmm. Like the hardest team that we've ever had yeah. to face, that we you can won make an argument. You can make an yeah. argument for that. Like, yeah, it's just it wasn't it wasn't even close that game. Like, obviously, I think they got like th- two or three goals in the third, but it's like you know Chicago had it in the bag, and then even though they were down two one Tampa Bay, I'm like I'm, I was so confident, like we're coming back, we're winning this. I'm like we we got this, and I was totally right. And like I I was I just remember being so stressed out in that Anaheim series, but like Tampa yeah. Bay. Yeah, we we got this. I'm I'm confident we win. Cause that was their that was their biggest test. But it's just we're we're again we're so freaking spoiled. We can go back yeah. three separate times and look at, at at different runs. Yeah, like you can. 2010 was an amazing year, but they never really had that adversity. I actually that I take that back. Game five against Nashville, they were down, but like they never oh. had. Like, <laughs> You look at 2013 Detroit. They were down 3-1. I don't mm-hmm. think Jonathan Taves had scored a goal yet. Like all, like everyone was underperforming, but then they stormed yeah. all the way back and they won. And then they never looked back. And same with 2015. Like 2010, they never had that series where it's like and they were I, I down. Think, they were always ahead. I, of the- I think that that's just because that team was so good that like I don't like they just. I mean, I don't want to say they walked through everybody, but I mean, no, it sure, no. it sure felt like it. Like it's like. The team was just so good, top mm-hmm. to bottom. E- even even the Emmy and Net, like you can say he was all amazing, you want, but he made the saves when he needed yeah, to make them. That's you, what you need out of you, play. I'm pretty sure in that game six overtime, he robbed like Jeff Carter or Simone Gagne. I can't remember yeah. who it was or Drew. Like one of those guys, he robbed them like 20 seconds. I think that overtime. was Jeff Carter. Yeah, I, think that I was can't Jeff remember. Carter. But, um, but yeah, no, like he. You uh, say what you want about Niemi. He had that was a good year for him. Like he played good. They don't get past San Jose if he doesn't. Uh, they don't get past San Jose in that third round if he doesn't uh, come up big with those performances. Like it's they they San Jose really threw a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, they got swept. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. but like yeah, no, like it's yeah, that's how good that team is. But or San Jose, man, like. There's been teams that mightily struggled and then finally got their cup, like Washington and St. Louis, that had like miserable playoff exits. San Jose, unfortunately, never got that cup, which it really sucks. They made it. They got to the final in 2016. At least they got to the dance, but pits that 2016 Pittsburgh team was okay. just too good. Have, like, have you have you seen this lineup? Because I just I just got really. I swear, man, I thought they were playing Kane on the fourth line, but I realized they're double shifting him. Oh yeah, because so we're it's, we're it's, running yeah. eleven forwards and seven defensemen. And again, I don't get that. It never works out. Just roll your four lines with twelve forwards, and like you're gonna, <laughs> like guys like Lucas Carlson and Nicholas Bodan, they're gonna get no ice times. So like, what's the point? I don't get that, dude. I really don't. But yeah. you know, so it's... Okay, he's yeah, getting just trying try and power through this year, right? Yeah, this is power through. Yeah. Um, we're coming up. We're coming up to game time. Yeah, the game t- game starts in like what, like five fifteen minutes, minutes. Well, fifteen well, minutes. Yeah, but yeah. like it's almost six. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. You got anything else to add? I think we're we're good for talking points. I think we can end it off here. Oh yeah, yeah. do you want to? Oh no, no, one more thing. Vince Dunn. That's interesting there with St. Louis because 
they've got you got Pareko, you got Krug, they signed, they got Falk, even though on a terrible contract, but he's still serviceable. But Vince Dunn kind of just falls out of there, and then uh, St. Louis they want a first round pick out of him. Mm, and, I don't know, I don't know about that. Like I, he, he's well, here's decent. the thing, the it's first round pick is a first round pick, but the difference between the first overall or even a top ten pick between like a twenty pick, where it is. Yes, yeah, it's. Yeah. Depends where it is. I, I always hate it where it's like you give up a first round pick and you're like trading the thirty first overall pick. I'm like, that's a lot different. That's it basically depends. a second it's, round pick. Yeah, it's all it's all context because there's a lot of people that way overvalue draft capital, mm-hmm. and it, it depends. Like like a top ten pick. Okay, that's yeah. You know, you, you, pro, you that's a pick where you don't want to. You don't really want to trade that no matter what, unless like it's unless, unless you're just really getting have, a, a home run superstar back. Yeah, like unless you're unless you have a real clear cut uh, clear cut plan, or by some or by some miracle, your team that landed a lottery like a, a top ten pick and made the playoffs and won that super. Yeah, you know? like yeah, of course, yeah. But like, yeah, it's you know if 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 it's a later like mid to later first, I could I could see it. Yeah, but um, yeah. But Vince, I don't know. Like, if you're kind of like a middle of the pack team. And you're like, okay, I'm looking for maybe a top four defensive because I'm I, he's capable of playing top four defenseman. He's still yeah. young. He's on a cheap contract at least for this year. I think he only makes like 1.875. Um, I doubt the Chicago Blackhawks would ever like try to go after him because one, um, <laughs> they're they're rivals, but at the same time they're not in the same division. I, I this is just me just spitballing, but like maybe like Lucas Carlson to St. Louis, give him a chance. I don't know, but yeah. Like, it's- I don't, I don't think that would depends. happen. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a thing that Pittsburgh does, you know? Maybe they... Yeah, they're, they, they're, they, oh, man, they need defense. Yeah, exactly. I was going to bring that oh, up. They have injuries. Boy. Maybe that, if that's what's going to happen. They're going to trade like, the like, like I'll, back. I'll like, say what you want about Jari, and I'll, I'll, I'll trash talk him for how he's played, but I feel bad for him. <laughs> because yeah, they're, they're behind that they're defense, it's bad. Like, it's... Bad. I always have a yeah. I always have a special place in my heart for Tristan Jarry because he won the WHL championship with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and I was he played for the Oil Kings. Yeah, I did, and he was on the same team as Curtis Fuck, Lazar. I didn't and, know that. Uh, yeah, and he played yeah. on the and also Henrik Samuelsson who played on the Rockford IceHawks. So what, what yeah. year was that? That would that have was... been 2014. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Because yeah. it was Portland. And uh, Edmonton, they were star-studded. Like, Edmonton had Jari, Lazar, um, Samuelson. They had a couple of other players. I can't, I'm blanking on Portland. Who it was. Portland, Portland had, like... Patan, had, right? Yeah, they had Patan. You know, Patan was the nuts in junior. Yeah. Patan, Patan was shame, crazy. It's a shame he never really, like, worked yeah, it out at the NHL. Because he, he was absurd in the One of those WHL. guys. Yeah, one of those, just like Drew N, One of those guys that was just so good just in had, junior. I just had figured out the next level. I yeah. think Drew N's a different case, though. That Can we just talk about that? that that's got to be, that's hands down the toughest thing for a scout. You're looking at a player and you're trying to figure out, you know, like if, if they're playing, like I know we, we, we had this discussion in one of our, in one of the Twitter group chats mm-hmm. where you got, like, you're comparing a guy that's playing overseas um, in a pro league versus a guy who's playing major junior in the WHL, OHL, QMJHL, whatever. It's got to be tough for a scout to project how that player does at the next level. 
like how he does against tougher competition, like older, yeah. older players, right? Like that, that's got to be so tough. Just judging by, you know, guys who don't end up panning out at the next level. So here's who here was who was on the Portland Winterhawks team. Oliver Bjorkstrand, who is oh, a very yeah. much a capable top oh, six God. forward, has got a nice contract. He led Not the playoffs scoring. Brennan Leipzig, who obviously that should happen to him. He's playing the KHL now, but like, yeah, Derek Pouliot was on that team. Nick Patan, Taylor Lear, um, and yeah, the Edmonton Oil Kings. They had Samuelson, Lazar, and Tristan Jari, and. They faced each other in the final. Um, Portland won the first game 5-2, then 3-1. Then Edmonton won three straight. And then game six in Rexall Place, Portland won 6-5 in overtime. I was at that game. I remember it. I can't remember who scored, but I remember just like being so devastated because I wanted to, them to win on home ice. But then there was oh. like – I went to – I watched the game on TV with my friend who was like a huge Oils Kings fan, and I remember we were just celebrating it. And, man, that just seems like forever. Yeah. That was almost seven years ago. Yeah, it's Ridiculous. crazy. But, yeah, um, so – I'm just going to read out some stats. So Bjorkstrand had 33 points in 21 playoff games, 16 goals. <laughs> Derek Pouliot had 32 points in 21 games, 27 assists. Nick Patan had 28 points in 21 games, 21 assists. Um, Henrik Samuelsson, this isn't as impressive, but like Henrik Samuelsson had 23 points, 21 games. Curtis Lazar, 22 points, 21 games. And uh, Sam Reinhardt only played 13 playoff games. He had 23 uh, playoff points. That's ridiculous. And, you know, he's not someone who's been a superstar, but, like, I think he kind of gets underrated to the fact because he's kind of playing in Buffalo. And I don't know, but... Uh, it's tough. It's tough, for, it's tough for a prospect in Buffalo just because, you know, I hate to say it. They just always... They just always seem to be... just. They don't... They just... They just seem to be not good all the time. Like, it's like... It's just a tough situation to be in. Yeah, so I'm going to go regular season now. Those were the playoffs. Nick Patan had 113 points in 63 games, 78 <laughs> assists. Oliver Bjorkstrand had 109 points in 69 yeah. games. Nice, had 50 goals. Julian Dreisaitl had 105 points in 64 games with the Prince Albert Raiders. Sam Reinhardt had 105 points in 60 games yeah. with the Kootenai Ice. Now the Winnipeg Ice. And uh, Henrik Samuelsson had 95 points in 65 games. Uh, in the regular season, Tristan Jari had went 44-14-2, eight shutouts, 224 goals against average, 914 save percentage. And keep in mind, this is the WHL, a lot of high scoring. It's hard to get good stats like that. So yeah, yeah, it's it's not a, it's not a high scoring league really when you when you look at it. And it's crazy and, to think the I think the last the last WHL final was the Giants and the Raiders. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know how much. It was game seven overtime, right? Oh my God, man. Dude, that was such a good series. Like Prince Albert was, I remember all of us here in Vancouver, we, we knew, we knew how good Prince Albert was. That team was just loaded. Kirby Doc, Kirby Doc Um, faced some of the the second round. Yeah. And and he, he did a pretty good job, but man, that team was a wagon. So yeah, I was, I was at, uh, so the Giants won game one in Prince Albert and then, Raiders tied it up one one. Then they came to Vancouver for three games, and they the the first game in Vancouver they just Giants got smoked. Yeah, like wasn't it? One. Isn't it in the WHL? Isn't it like a two three two format? So like yeah, the yeah. So so the Raiders won the won that game. They went up two one. It was like eight one. Then they went up three one, and it was like a one nothing loss. Oh, uh, one one, one nothing loss for the Raiders. Yeah, they had 
man, uh, what's his name? Um, Leafs prospect goalie is in that. Oh, uh, Ian Scott. Ian Scott, yeah, Ian Scott was crazy. Um, so yeah, after that, after that one, they went when the Giants were down three one. I was like, I was like, oh, this is over. So I, I was actually at the next game, game five, the final home game of the year. The Giants won three two. What happened? It would have been the yeah, final game of the it, year. Yeah. 3-2, and then they go back to Prince Albert. The Giants win again. I'm like, holy cow, it's tied now. Game seven. And then they go to overtime. And I remember the Giants had a power play. Yeah. They had a power play early on in the overtime. Mm-hmm. And they didn't they didn't score on it. They got some chances, and I knew. I was like, yeah, oh, this is not good. They're, they're going to lose. And sure enough, Don, Dante Hanoon. That's who it was. Okay, Over, I was like, overtime, who, overtime who winner. that goal? Yeah. yeah. Um, Noon, but man, sounds... what what an effort! Like that was crazy, man. That was Bone Byram was ridiculous, and that's when I was like on the Bone Byram hype train. Like, like, oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he set the record or something for most that, points like, by a defenseman. And he, would, I think, he was the first defenseman to lead the playoff in points. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Especially, um, I won't I won't stay on the topic of Byram too long. But um, as the playoffs went on, teams knew what he was doing. Like teams knew about this guy. Like, but he still found ways to produce. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Prince Albert had Brett Leeson, Dante Hanoon, oh, Noah man. Gregor, Alexei Protest, um, it's just Parker loaded. Kelly, Ian, and then Ian there, Scott course, and that. And a, yeah, that's the most important part. Ian Scott and that. So yeah, no, there, there was no weakness to that team. So for the Giants to take him to Game Seven overtime, that was that was special. That was that was something. Um, yeah, and I think who won the Memorial Cup? I think it was, uh, it wasn't a Caddy Batters, because that was 2018. Um, I don't know what Dobson, but I can't remember his team. It was like the Wolves, I can't remember what it was. But yeah, the, the, me, Oil, Kings, the Oil Kings won in 2014, the uh, Memorial Cup. They beat, uh, Port, or no, they beat, um, uh, oh, never mind. I'm looking through all the different playoffs. Who did they beat? I can't remember, man. I Narada. Runeranda Yeah, that's who it was. That's who yeah. it won. But yeah, Edmonton beat uh, the Gulf Storm to win the Memorial Cup. I remember watching that game. I was it's, like, man, it's, like oh. you know, yeah, they, yeah, no, that was. And then, and then that uh, this last Memorial Cup, man, it's so tough. It was it was so tough for Prince Albert because they go through this gut wrenching seven game overtime series, mm-hmm. and then and then like the timing was awful. Like they got to go travel back east. Yeah, that's, right away, that's and they, they just got they got smoked because they had nothing left. <laughs> it's like you play you you play a series that was as hard as it was against Vancouver, and like that just took everything out of them. Yeah, just kind of. And then you got to travel all the way over. Like, yeah, it's brutal. Because it was in Halifax, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then and, and the 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 uh, I, I think the I think the tournament started like that the same week. It yeah, that's tough. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, so didn't. Tough. Did Vancouver win the Memorial Cup 2007, 2008? 2006. Oh, 2006. Okay. Milan, Milan Lucic. <laughs> Wasn't it Vander Kane on the team too? The Giants? Um, no, I don't, or I don't he think so. He, I don't know. I, oh, I think. Hold on. I'll pull up that roster. Oh, yeah. They lost in the playoffs, but they were still the host. And then they came back and I think they beat the same team. So, so, they, they, so they played you Medicine Hat. Yeah. They, they played Medicine Hat in the finals. They lost. Mm-hmm. And then and then they beat them to win the Memorial Cup. So that was yeah, that was crazy. My parents That's... actually, my parents were there, 
Um, oh, they, right. had, they, they had season tickets, and then they also got season tickets to the World Juniors because the World Juniors were also there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately for me, as a kid, I was just terrified of the loud noises like the uh-huh. yeah so so that yeah no and then the crowds like like my dad always tells me like the crowds inside inside the pacific coliseum then were nuts like it was packed and it's like that was uh, the canucks used to play in there it was it was a big rink there's a lot of people fitting there so yeah no it's the stories about that are cool yeah all right one more thing before i go i just want to do a quick uh Prospect profile on Luke Hughes. Um, personally, he's my number one right now for the draft. I've been working on my rankings right now. I'm hoping to get him out within the next few days. But, like, oh, it's a weird draft because of all COVID. A lot of these guys haven't played since, uh, like, March of last year. Some have barely played. And if you are playing, you're playing in Europe. You, you know? I, didn't yeah. the WHL say they're going to have, like, a 24-game season? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. And then recently, just the other day, I think it might have been yesterday, Alberta announced that they yeah, were approving return to play. Mm-hmm. Alberta yeah, was. But 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 BC, man, I, I don't know how. I, I yeah. just can't see it. And BC I, is a lot more stricter it's, with their Because I think, yeah, Bonnie Henry, the, uh, I don't know. Health what it, minister. What, yeah, health minister, yeah. She, um, she's very... Um, uh, tight when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, and, 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 and rightly, rightly so. so yeah, exactly. Um, but, Not so uh, much here yeah. in Alberta, but uh. <laughs> yeah. So I think the current situation here is the the curve is flattened, but it hasn't dropped. Our cases no, have gone so. down like a bit. I think I can't recall, but like I think we're opening back up gyms and uh, like yeah. like restaurants so, and stuff, limited capacity. But I still think we should keep it shut till like it's gone like down significantly. But you know yeah, that's a so, that's a whole that's a whole other yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Alberta approved a return to play. Yeah, and now you when and that's the problem with the WHL. You got you got the BC division. You got you got the US division. It's so spread out, eh? Yeah, like it goes got, to Manitoba. Alberta, yeah, and then you got you got the Central and East division, right? And that 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 includes Manitoba too, with Winnipeg. And ice. then you got and then you got what Spokane, Tri City, Portland. Yeah, the US like division. Yeah. Everett, yeah, yeah, it's tough. Everett, yeah, yeah. So I think I think what was going to happen was, or the idea that's out there is that every team is like the, the games are going to be played within division only. So like BC divisions playing each other. That makes It'd sense. be US division, yeah, and Central and East. That's, that, would, that would be the hardest part uh, with like the different countries. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I feel bad for uh, whoever the I can't remember what his name is. The WHL commissioner. He's got. It's a disaster to try and sort that out. And I think that's why the QMJHL was able to start earlier because they don't have any uh, American teams. And I think yeah. the OHL has a couple. They have Erie, Erie blanking out on who the other one is. Um, I think there's a couple. Maybe is Saginaw? I don't know. Saginaw? I'm gonna look that up right now, actually. But Saginaw. I know, I know for a fact Erie's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh yeah, Saginaw is in Michigan. Okay. Yeah. I I was like maybe it is. I'm not exactly and, sure. And uh, they got. They got Flint too. Yeah, that's Flint, Michigan too. Flint's yeah. in Michigan. Um, I think uh, okay, Saginaw, Flint, Erie. I think that's it, but I might be wrong. But anyways, yeah. Point is, QMJHL much easier to start because don't have to worry about the American teams. Well, I don't like. Yeah, so it's the Erie Otters, Flint, Flint Firebirds, Saginaw Spirit. Yeah, okay. Anyways, yeah. You know what Brandon Saw was drafted from Saginaw? He was. He was. Played OHL? 
They did. Uh, I don't know if I knew that. No, I didn't. I don't think I knew that. That's interesting. Anyways, well, anyways, anyway, back to uh, back to Luke Hears. Um, yeah. He's played with the USD DP just like his older brothers did, and I think we brought him up briefly, but he has all the same like tool tools tools that um, uh, that uh, Quinn and, and uh, Jack have. Excellent skater, great creativity, able to shake like four checkers on coming fortune, great escape ability, great trans- transition ability. But what separates Luke Hughes from his two older brothers is the fact that he's six two. Like I think yeah. Quinn and Jack are only like five ten. They're not yeah. they're not big guys by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, and the the consensus around Luke is that he's the best two way guy. That's interesting. So that's because yeah, I no, think there's there's a ton of great off uh, offensive upside in him, like the way he's able to maneuver yeah. the zone. Yeah, and and his 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 offensive game is certainly underrated, and that's yeah. again I, I'll keep saying this, talking about a young D man here. It's much easier to to uh, grow their offense than it would be their defense. So, and another thing with Hughes, I didn't realize I didn't realize that he was that big. I thought I always yeah. thought. At first, I thought he was a forward. I thought he was a small, small size forward. They, well, it's just the way he I mean, plays. Like, like Quinn plays like a forward. Jack obviously is a forward, but Luke plays like yeah. a forward too. It's, it's yeah. the way that how the Hughes brothers were played. Yeah. Like, and I so, yeah, that's him. that's interesting. I'll, I'll de- definitely have to. He lo- he looks good. I, I have to see more of him. I haven't really watched him. Um, but no, he I've heard really good about him, and the fact that he's six two and has that two way upside, and he still hasn't really grown in his body. I think he can still yeah. has a. Like I think he's like he's still skinny, yeah. Pounds. Yes, he's skinny. Yeah, no, that's so we've talked about it before. This draft is a huge opportunity where I really think the Blackhawks can complete the future picture of their defense yeah. in this draft. You know, if if you take a, if you if you look at left-handed demon for them to take, you know, whether it's Hughes and it's, it's chock full of them. Like this yeah. is the perfect oh, yeah. draft for them, Hughes. The I mean, you look at it, right off the top of my head, Hughes, Edvinson, um, Power, yeah. Lambos. Yeah, and and even, then even even later in the in the first round, you know, look, you look at a guy like Stanislav Svozel uh, um, from Slovakia yeah, too. I yeah, think. so so there's a lot of options in this draft, and oh yeah, the game has started. We're on the power play. Hopefully, we score. <laughs> I need, oh, dude, I need to turn. Oh man. But yeah, Luke Hughes personally, he's my number one guy right now. Again, I'm working on my rankings. Hopefully, I can get that out. And but I again just love him. Great. Uh, great at handling the puck like when he has the puck like it's it's impossible to get him off him because he's just so smooth with a skater he can good with his crossovers he can just like get away from you if you need to if he needs to like i just i just love the way he plays and you know um we've talked about owen power great two-way like a great complete two-way game big body can skate then someone like carson lambo is kind of more defensive oriented but can play against um tougher competition And 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 the, just just like Luke Hughes, Lambos is um, I don't know exactly. I haven't watched Luke Hughes, but I know that Lambos over in Finland has started to find his offensive game. So yeah, I want to say well, watch out for that. JYP. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's right. He's right there, like right around there. Mm-hmm. So and that's that's good. But yeah, obviously we missed out a lot of options. I wanted Quinn Hughes so bad just because like left-handed, great skating defenseman. Again, I've listed off all the attributes. <sighs> before like the Hughes brothers are just so great they're like um I was gonna bring up the Kachuk brothers like we got the Kachuk brothers now we're gonna have all the Hugh brothers like the U.S. is doing a really good job (laughs) developing these guys oh man yeah that 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 U.S. development program is 
really, you got, really smart. You got Trevor Zegras, you got Alex Turcotte. Like, that 2001 group was insane. That's probably oh, yeah. why they won the uh, that gold medal this year. Yeah. Heartbreak. But uh, Spencer Knight as well. Like, it's 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 crazy. Uh, Cole Caulfield. Like, you can just go on and on. Cam York was the captain. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, like, the Hugh brothers, the Kachucks, those are, like, the, the – at the top of that list, and Hughes, you never know, man. Like, I, I, I wanted Quint Hughes so bad. Um, I remember just, like, when Vancouver took him on, like, one pick right before Chicago, I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm so bad. But at, at the same time, he shouldn't have dropped that far. He really shouldn't have. Yeah, no, he shouldn't have. You look, at, you look at yeah. someone like Arizona taking Barrett Hayden, I'm like, well, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Stalin, Svechnikov, yeah, that's fine. Kakaniemi, he's going to be fine, I think. Maybe yeah. he'll take news over him. Yeah. But, like, Brady Kachuk, again, he's doing quite fine with Ottawa. No complaints there. Yeah. Like, Barrett Hayden, man, he's going to be all right. But is he going to mm. be Quinn Hughes? No, he won't. No. Um, probably, probably, like, second-line center, I think. Phillips, right? yeah, yeah. Phillips Zadina, he's going to be a really good goal scorer. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of upside. Probably could have used Hughes, but no. But, like, Vancouver, they got a steal there. And, yeah. But Adam Bookfist is fine, and uh, you know maybe we can get Quinn Hughes or Luke Hughes. And you look yeah. at a team like Colorado. You look at their defensive core. Their first pairing is <sighs> Devon Taves oh, and Kill McCarr. You Just could have basically stupid. the same. Yeah, I know, right? You could have basically the same pairing there with potentially Luke Hughes and Adam Bookfist. Have fun forechecking that. Uh, They're yeah. not going to be the shutdown defensive dynamo by any stretch of the imagination. But man, if when they have the but puck got- all the time. That's gonna think of, that's gonna be impossible to forecheck them oh, yeah. too. You, you got to think of the modern game now, like yeah. just just having mobile defensemen, like and then and then you have your skilled forwards that you can get the puck up to, like mm-hmm. like just think of like the we we just touched on the Avalanche. I mean, you got you got Makar and Graves and or, sorry, yeah, Makar, Graves, Gerard. Um, they I think they got they got Byron playing now. Yeah, they just uh, casually have Bo and Byron kind of just waiting yeah. in the weeds. And uh, I. Yeah, I, I don't know if I said Taves, but yeah, him too. Yeah, like, Devon Taves, just, yeah. Just, just you a, get lost with how many good defensive they have. Yeah, they... exactly. That's what I just did. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it's just like, and then you, you got those guys getting the puck up to McKinnon, and it's like, just like, you can't forecheck that. Like, it's no. so hard. Because they're going to get the puck moving the other way so quickly. Yeah. And you're going to get a lot of teams, like, caught, flat-footed. It's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Luke Hughes... Bokefist, like like Bowden Mitchell, kind of just as your second pairing. That's more kind of like thinking, and, and as hey, opposed like, to like uh, offensive dynamic abilities. Yeah, and, hey, and I, I've I've I really like the idea of you know maybe getting a late first, um, also in there to take like a like a Stanislav Svozel, who's also a really yeah. good defensive guy, like really good in his own end. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be nice. And then look, and then your left side, you go from you go from complaining about your left side to to being really like just thrilled with it, like to my point earlier, you can complete your defense basically. And he would, and Luke Hughes would. I don't know if he'd be that complete number one defenseman, but he certainly would be a top pairing defenseman. Yeah. He, he would be the best of that bunch. Yeah. No, my so, mind. so then, so then, yeah, like you just you could have you could have Hughes back there, and and I don't know who they're gonna go with. Obviously, it could be could be Power, could be Lambos. But, I mean, um, I'm happy with either one of any any yeah. one of them. But yeah, like, Luke you're, you're not. Good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and then and then maybe you add another first, you know, maybe uh, you flip a guy, maybe like Yanmark. Um, we've seen guys like that fetch first rounders, especially if it's to a team that's contending. Um, a desperate team at that. Yeah, like, 
Yeah. I mean, so, Tampa Tampa traded a first for Barkley Goudreau, so you never know. Yeah. So that's an option, and you can you can stockpile the left side too in, in this draft. So, yeah. I was gonna say, like, imagine this: uh, Hughes, Bokefist, Bowden, Mitchell, and then like maybe something like Kalanuk and Regula. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that's good. Yeah. Um. Next player we're gonna bring up with our prospect profiling is Kent Johnson. I don't know if you watched any highlights on him, but Vinny, you just he just seems um, like the guy you love. Um. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I I don't know if you know this. I played against him. Oh, you played against in, him. Eh? I played against him in um back in Pee Wee. Um, he's from a. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a long time nice ago, but it, it's crazy that he's come this far because I don't really recall him being like a phenom back then. Mm-hmm. So it's really crazy now to see see what he's doing with uh, with Trail, and it's like holy cow, like it's like it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, he's 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 clearly got so much confidence in his offensive game. Like he's scored, he's done the Mich- uh, he's done the Michigan move, like. Two or yeah. three times in that league. I want to say you tried to pull it off with in the NCAA. Yeah, it's just crazy, just crazy hands. I mean, it it reminds me of Patrick Kane, really. Yeah. Um, just the offensive ability, um, and just the playmaking ability, the hands, the vision. Like it's just, yeah, his his offensive game is ridiculous. Yeah, but he'll be our next. Uh, prospect profile and he's doing great at the university of michigan right now 18 points in 16 games six goals 12 assists i just want to read off this university of michigan team oh yeah how stacked they are they got uh kent johnson leading them in points thomas bartolo who was i believe was a second round pick of san jose 18 points as well matthew matthew beniers beniers i think that's how you say it won a goal with the u.s he has uh 13 points 14 games brandon brisson 12 points uh, 14 games, Vegas draft pick. Owen Power, 12 points, 16 Wagon. games. Potentially, potentially could be the first overall pick. And then you got Cam York, uh, 10 points, 14 games. Uh, John Beecher, 7 points, 14 oh games. My God. Cam York was the first round pick of Philadelphia, and then John Beecher was Boston. And I forgot. I forgot, uh, I forgot about Michigan. Like I said, I said Trail. Like he's he he was uh, Johnson was. That was the last team he was with. Was trail smoke eaters i forgot he went to michigan but yeah that michigan team is just loaded like it's and then their and their goaltender's name is eric portillo he's swedish six foot six 225 pounds and yeah god that's that's recruiting for you i mean he's a he's a draft he's a buffalo draft pick too and then that's the crazy thing about recruiting um when it comes to college sports in the u.s when you when you bring in Basically, the more the more high highly touted players you bring in, the more you're going to get in the future, right? Because those those future guys see how how a team like Michigan's done, mm-hmm. and then and then and and th- just think about think about for that program, uh, the the repercussions it's going to have in the future, just yep. being able to get more good players like that. So it's it's crazy. And it's kind of the same thing with the CHL. You look at the teams that are constantly up there that we think of these great teams that develop London. these prospects. Yeah. London, Halifax, Portland, you know. Yeah. It's... It, always, it always just seems like they're at the top because they're, they're good at recruiting prospects and then other prospects say, yeah, okay, yeah, I saw Patrick Game play London. I'll play there. Yeah. Halifax, it's like, oh, I saw Jake Voracek. Oh, I say, okay, I man. saw 
McKinnon, yeah, like it's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and then Portland, it's like, oh, I saw Ryan Johansson. Oh, I saw uh, Nino Niederreiter. Like, there's a bunch of other players I'm forgetting. But ah, crap, we're down one nothing. Seth Seth Jones, oh, we we got scored on. Yeah, Bjorkstrand, I think, just scored on oh, one time. Speaking of speaking play. of speaking of uh, Parliament Parliament Hawks, Hawks, yeah. yeah, on that topic. <laughs> but uh, oh god, yeah. We should probably end it now. Uh, yeah. We'll probably go watch the game. Maybe yeah. if we uh, wait and see. I got the TV live stream on right now. Oh, you do? Maybe if we get the TV going, maybe like with our eyeballs on it, then <laughs> maybe good things will happen. I don't know. But, well, no. Uh, if if you if you get the TV going, um, I have the live stream on, so it'll you'd be ahead of me if you have it on any sort of channel. Oh yeah. Even then, like I'm, I'm still a little bit behind because when I look in the Blackhawks group chat, it'll be like ten seconds before I actually see it unfold. So yeah, it's interesting. You know, honestly, dude, I just whenever I can't watch it on TV and I know I'm watching it on a streaming site, I just I stay off Twitter until we score. Yeah. Or something, <laughs> until there's a break. Mm-hmm. Anyways, got anything else to add? I think that's it. No, no, that was that was really good. It was a really good podcast. Yeah. Good conversation. Yeah. Just us two good Canadian kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's, and it's extended hockey talk. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's been a crazy ass week for me. Like, um, my sister got a new job as a teacher, and we're gonna be helping her oh. move out tomorrow. So I gotta do that, and we're probably oh. gonna be moving houses because um, it's it's a long story, but uh, I'll oh, probably be Pierce, I'm, so it's I'm being crazy. summoned. I'm being summoned right now. I just I just got yelled at. The dinner's made. So oh, uh, perfect. Got to got to go eat up. All right, man. It was nice having you on. Good conversation, and right. uh, have a nice supper. Man. What are you eating? Um, oh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I can, I can smell something though. All right. Well, I hope it's good, and uh, go yeah. Blackhawks. Hopefully, they can yeah. come back and win this. Go but, Hawks. Uh, against all right. Columbus. But uh, anyways, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, yeah, hope you all have a good one. Go Blackhawks.